The Florida Gators have some awesome offensive prospects visiting campus this weekend in Gainesville. We're going to talk about it with Brian Smith here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's recruiting insider. And Brian, yesterday we talked defense, today we're talking offense. We're starting off with Amir Jackson. And before we talk about everything else surrounding him, how do you feel about him just as a tight end recruit? Athlete. I mean, he could play H-back, tight end. He could be a big receiver if you wanted, linebacker, edge. This is the kind of kid that is basically always known to come out of Georgia. They've always had kids like this, and it's why the Gators have always recruited Georgia hard. You need this kind of player. Versatility with 85 scholarships, don't have a lot of flexibility. You need guys that can do multiple things. I'm sure that the defensive side of the ball will fight to maybe get him to take a look on that side as well. He can play football. Yeah, uh, he's not the only person that we're going to talk about today that could play both sides. But for Amir Jackson, um, this is the only summer visit that he has scheduled right now. This weekend in Gainesville, he has Miami set up for, I believe it was September 9th, and Auburn set up for, I believe, uh, September 29th. All set up in September, in-season visits. Is there any extra pressure here for Florida to kind of make significant ground before those fall official visits? It's a really interesting debate. It really is because there's two ways to look at it. We could knock him out and he just cancels the other visits. That's plausible. There's a player that just committed to Wisconsin that had like four visits set and he committed to Wisconsin, even though he's from Pittsburgh, everybody thought he was going to Penn state, but Wisconsin got the first visit and he just canceled everybody else. Maybe that happens on the other side of it. If he doesn't commit, you're going to be much further away in terms of an official visit to signing day than what Miami is or anybody else ends up visiting. So if the Gators don't knock him out this summer, they need to get him back on campus, even if it's an unofficial visit, which it would be. You want to get one official and bring him back to the swamp for a game. You know, just one of the one of the big games. It doesn't matter which one. And that would be your probably best bet for getting him signed. But, uh, yeah, it does make me nervous, and I'm sure some of the fans have, have asked you about it. Hey, the other schools are getting visits later. That can, that can change your recruitment, no doubt. We're dealing with 17-year-olds. They don't have the greatest memories. <laughs> they're, they're just like giant goldfish at this point. Um, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily, Miami's playing Texas A&M uh, September 9th, and, I mean, you lost to Middle Tennessee State there if you're Miami, <laughs> so maybe you lose to Texas A&M too, just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> great visit there. But with uh, that dude is going to watch the worst football game. Oh my god, <laughs> he's oh I feel so he's not going. Um, Walter Matthews committed at like 6 a.m. the other day for some reason to USC. Uh, incredibly weird timing. But how does that change Florida? Like you, you have to start applying more pressure for tight ends at this point, right? You've lost probably the top guy that you were going after. And you need to bring in two or more in this cycle. So does losing Walter Matthews off the board kind of make that more of a, a full court press situation if you're Florida? 
I think it's a multifaceted situation. Number one, when a kid from Hiram, Georgia commits to the University of Southern California, the last thing I'm doing if I'm Billy is stopping recruiting him. It's a long way to Los Angeles from North Georgia. Number two, he's really good. I would just recruit him if he committed to UGA or Clemson. So they, they have to continue to go after him, and their needs are there. And they're going to sell playing time. Look, Florida's depth chart at tight end is weird. You know, I don't, you and I've talked about it before, but like they did, they kind of have one in the freshman class where it was gray shirted or whatever. But I mean, they're, they're needing at least two, right? And they can sell playing time to these kids. So that guy's a really good football player, by the way. Southern Cal got a steal if they can get him out of Georgia. But that kind of goes back to Jameer and some of these other guys. If you can get them on campus, look, you can come in and play. Here it is. Why not? Why not Florida? So, I don't think they're in a bad spot. It's just they have to be patient. Don't just jump at any guy because it is the Southeastern Conference. You're better not to get a kid and then get somebody out of the portal than waste a scholarship on a high school player that you took a flyer on. So yeah. they got to be very specific here. Don't just waste a scholarship. Be very, very, very careful. Yeah, and like uh, look, I like Florida's youth at tight end, but you need more bodies because not everybody's yeah. going to work out. So that's why I'm like, you know, like, you need to bring in two or more here, which is my main selling point because the upperclassmen, not very impressive. But I'd imagine Billy Napier and Russ Calloway will both text Walter Matthews when it's, you know, 1 a.m. Friday night, Saturday morning. They're like, hey, are you at halftime of the USC game right now watching Pac-12 where no one's watching? And just be like, hey, well, no, come to the SEC. That, that'd be my selling point. At least if I'm uh, if I'm on this coaching staff, but moving a little bit inside to, to bigger bodies, we're going to talk about Fletcher Westfall first. Where, I mean, I feel like I've been talking about this kid forever as someone I want in Gainesville. What's your opinion of his game? Well, this this is an interesting player. I mean, if you look at Virginia, they've always got a lot of talent. You think more about skill guys, but they're trying to get a kid that Clemson's after, that Georgia's at. Like, Georgia's O-line coach has got a relationship for him for three years or whatever. He's a big-bodied offensive tackle. He fits exactly what Ford has been trying to get more of. He can play right or left, and he's an athlete. Yeah, they need this kind of kid. They probably are behind right now, though, because, like, if I had to guess, I would pick Georgia, but Clemson's hard to beat sometimes, too. But this, this again – this is a chance for them to make a move based on the Florida visit. It's one of the most famous schools for having great visits and changing recruitments historically. Why not this kid? Virginia, he's not going to go to UVA or Virginia Tech. They're both terrible. I mean, it's just true. That state is really down right now. They're bad. They're both really, really bad. Um, matter of fact, probably the worst of my lifetime. That's saying something. So you have a chance. UF's got the academic profile to do it. They've got the social life and all that, and he fits what they need. I mean, how many offensive linemen do you think they're going to take this year, Brandon? I mean, what? At least. I, I want at least five. That's what I, I mean. More than five. Why is that? Because they need help. It's not going to be hard to sell the playing time. So they're probably behind, but is he going to walk into UGA and play early? No. He's not. Could he walk into Florida and play as a redshirt freshman? That's plausible. I'm not saying he's going to start as a true freshman. That's asinine. But there's a chance to at least play fairly early. This is a kid that can do it. Athletic. He's a good player. Like the film doesn't lie. So Georgia wants him. 
that's probably a sign. Like they don't miss very often with O line. They're about to have four guys drafted, so they're they're pretty good there. I think this is one of the more interesting recruitments. Again, it's kind of like getting a kid from the DMV or getting a kid from Philadelphia or some. Florida always gets one or two kind of random guys. Maybe, maybe Fletcher is that guy. Yeah, uh, this is a weird battle. Like, I mean, it's Florida, Georgia, Clemson, Arkansas has got a visit set up. Like, like it's it's just such like an odd combination of teams that you almost never see those four as like the top four. I don't think I've ever seen Arkansas is a key program with a Virginia kid, but that speaks to how bad Virginia and Virginia Tech are. They stink. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he had Clemson first week, Georgia last week. He's got Florida this week. Arkansas next week, and then no more official visits scheduled. Maybe the timeline's kind of cutting down here. How how can you even get this if you're Florida? Are you just like, hey, you're a big athlete. We have Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton. Like, like we can help you, help mold you. Look what we did with Osiris Torrance from Louisiana, who was an overlooked kid, came to Louisiana, then Florida, all under Rob Sale went to the NFL All-American. Same thing with Robert Hunt, Mike, uh, Max Mitchell. So many offensive linemen are in that resume. Is that just the big selling point? Be like, we've gotten athletes to the NFL consistently on the, on the offensive line? In today's era, it probably is. I think you still have to sell Florida because it's a special place and the swamp and the Southeastern Conference. But these kids want to hear they're going to eventually see right in front of them this guy that is the leader of the National Football League on a stage in some place like Las Vegas. They want to go to the draft. You know, Roger Goodell, they want to shake that guy's hand on the stage. So, yeah, development is a big part of it. Uh, but that's that's where it gets interesting. It's not like Georgia's not putting guys in the NFL. So, Florida needs to win the social battle with this, with the campus and the development and all that's great. But the campus, the players, all that's got to gel for UF to win battles. And if they can do that, absolutely, because playing time favors Florida. I don't think they're going to have to sell that very much over UGA. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bird Dogs. I'm telling you, they're the best shorts you're ever going to wear. And especially now, like like weekends coming up, you want to just lounge? Great. You want to go to the pool? Great. You want to go to the gym? Great. You want to go play basketball? Great. You want to go play football? Great. Whatever you're doing, Bird Dogs, the place to be, the shorts to wear, Absolutely amazing. So comfortable. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Yeah. Then another offensive lineman that's going to be on campus is Liam Andrews. He is one of the highest ranked interior offensive linemen in the nation. Florida's recruiting him for both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Do you think that's something that helps or hurts recruiting kind of like hey like this school's willing to try me out at at whatever spot ends up working they just want me on their team that's actually been something that's had a little bit less in recent years kids have prioritized the spot a little bit more than when i was growing up there used to be a lot of guys that were o-line d-line it's not near as common now but he's a hell of an athlete and he's probably best as an offensive guard but that's because he can pull and pin really well, but he can play right tackle. And on defense, if you ran a three-man line or something, he could be a big D end. He, he's a unique athlete. Uh, being from the Northeast, again, this is one of those random deals. Like, did you really expect UF to be in it? I didn't. And, you know, I think he's from Massachusetts, but 
Maybe they just get lucky here and get him on campus and blow him away. Penn State is the school I would worry about the most. Wisconsin's gotten three commitments. That's another school he visited. They've gotten three O-line commitments in like the last 10 days. It's getting pretty pretty close to done for them. Penn State or Florida is my guess. And those two schools, once again, you can't get a whole lot different. Uh, I mean, just think about the landscape. The one's at the bottom of the mountains and the other one's in the middle of a swamp. So it's about as different as it gets. You're going to sell playing time once again. Penn State's done a really good job the last couple of years on O-line. Florida's not as deep, so they can sell PT. And they also have the things that you talked about that got sale there. I mean, that's that's huge. Can they get over the top this year? Because this might be a recruitment that drags out. He's got a lot of great options. He's a big-time player, big-time player. If they can do well this fall running the ball and stuff, O-Lyman will love it. Even if he committed to Penn State this summer, UF might still be in it. This is an interesting recruitment, and again, it's one that UF needs to win. This is how you get back in the national title hunt, getting kids like this. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that you mentioned how weird it is that it, it's a Massachusetts oh, kid. Like Florida doesn't Random. recruit there, but uh, I had Brandon Carroll here from All Gators the other day, and he was saying that you know Florida sets kind of a limit where they're like, hey, if you're six hours or farther, it's like us giving you an offer is a very big deal. And so yeah, for them, like, like that's that. So do you think that's a big point where they're like, look, like we don't recruit Massachusetts. Like that's how highly we think of you. I would absolutely bring that up because why would you recruit Massachusetts? They've got five kids a year that can play at UF when there are five kids within the greater Gainesville area that can play at UF every year, literally. So by the way, Gainesville is underrated for prep football, but there's no reason to spend your money and your time when you can just go to major cities in the South and then just recruit the state of Florida and some South Georgia kids. You can have top five class every year doing that. And it's a lot easier. So again, wait for people that don't know the Andrews kid is a national recruit, Notre Dame, Penn state, anybody he wants to call, he can go big time player. So the fact that he's been given an opportunity to play defense in addition to offense and he's a kid from Massachusetts. I'm not sure I've heard that for a kid from up there in the last 10 years, at least. That's not a D-line state. <laughs> so it, big offensive linemen are pretty common. But uh, this is a really good player, and it's a chance for Florida to improve its roster. Yeah, and now we're going to switch to uh, slightly smaller people, just slightly smaller for the for the rest of this, uh, starting with Tawaski Abrams because he's one that – that we have to talk about he's on campus here what kind of receiver is he before we even get into the fun part of his recruitment twitchy fast annoying and a guy that scores that's how i would define him uh sub 11 in the 100 meters at any point in your high school career you're moving he's that dude he's like 10 6 he can fly he is kind of um I think the best way to put it think back to spurrier in the 90s some of the receivers they had he's in that mold He'll make the first guy miss, then he'll outrun everybody else. So not the necessarily the biggest guy, but he has, has the Jets, and he's got the wherewithal to figure out how to make guys look really stupid and put them on his highlight tape. Uh, committed to Florida State, but as you know, that probably means very little for a kid from anywhere in the state of Florida, and that certainly carries on here too. UF hasn't given up, and it probably would make a lot of UF fans, I'm going to go out on a limb, very happy if they stole a kid from Florida State. I'm just going to speak for the Florida Gator fan base there. But he's also got other, other schools that are still trying to flip him too. I'm curious if he will take visits in the fall or 
you know, he's for, he's from Fort Myers. He could go wherever. Um, I wonder if Colorado might get involved. Dion's from, from Fort. I mean, you never know. You never know. Uh, certainly wouldn't be the first time that Dion has tried to swoop in and take somebody. But uh, the visit to A&M in early June was kind of random. But then he's also visited Florida that's coming up this weekend, and he's got Florida State the weekend after. My question is, this goes against Florida kids' standards here. Does he shut it down and pick probably one of the two in-state schools, my guess? I'm betting he sticks it out and at least goes into the fall, though. We'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, but Florida, Florida State, man, those battles are always a blast. You always hear the backstories on my end. It's fun. Some of them I can't tell, but they're, they're pretty fun. So uh, I'm curious to see if they can flip it because Florida, again, that's another spot, man. They got playing time available. They're not as deep as FSU at receiver, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd imagine that Tawaski Abrams is going to get the same treatment Dre Hawkins got last week, and it's like they're going to show 100%. him Jalen Waddle tape. They're going to show him Kadarius Tony tape, and they're going to be like, hey, we want to use you like this. Um, just based on based on your description, that's what I'm expecting. Um, 100%. I think right now from what I've heard is that if he decommits from Florida State, it'll only be for Florida. So if you're hearing that as Florida – are you really just like putting the full court press on, try to flip him, try to get him to shut it down? Because not only do you then add a dynamic playmaker to your class, but you also take him from a rival. And like you mentioned, like that makes it so much sweeter. I don't care at that point. Just stealing him from Florida State makes it so much sweeter. Rod Kearney, for example. Oh, that's, that's a great example. I would think that the following point is also important. It's recruiting momentum. These schools bump heads. 30 or 40 times a year, literally, because they both recruit Florida and Georgia so hard. Just those two states alone, not counting Mississippi or Alabama or something like that, they're going to continue to bump heads. You want to win it as soon as you can because it can give you momentum with somebody else. You're absolutely correct. That's the easiest question you're going to ever ask me. Yes. (laughs) So you want to flip him as soon as possible. Yeah, and then in the backfield, someone that's already committed to Florida is Kanan Daniels. What do you think of his play? Because I know there are some Gators fans who were like, well, he's the second ranked running back in our class when Chauncey, when Chauncey Bowens was still committed and then Chauncey Bowens uncommitted. Uh, and like, we have the worst guy. Great. But like I, I told you off air, I've been told if you can run in Mississippi 5A, you can run the football. So what do you think of Kanan Daniels? He's a natural running back. His film is really good. Good decisions, makes good vision and cuts combined, doesn't make a lot of wasted movements. And when he hits the hole, you better have the angle because he could run. And then finally, he'll grind out the three-yard runs that you have to do. And that's that's Napier's offense. They want to be consistent between the tackles. He's a great fit for Florida. Mississippi State's trying to get in there. He took a visit to Michigan State, but I can't see a South Mississippi kid going – no, I just can't see that. I, I, I can't see that going happen, going to happen. Florida needs this kid. I know people are irritated that Bowens flipped to Georgia. By the way, yes, I was right on that. Although some of your people may not have <laughs> may not have agreed with me on YouTube, it's just part of the process, man. You're going to lose kids. You're going to gain kids. This guy can be a two year starter in the Southeastern Conference. He could play at Georgia or Alabama, no problem. So yeah, he's really good. Uh, Florida's lucky to have him. It's just that he's from Mississippi. He doesn't get near as much pub because there aren't many scouts there. It's it's a very unique state. Yeah, uh, he took that, vis- that visit to Michigan State, like you mentioned. After this weekend, he has no other official visits scheduled right now. 
should Florida Gators fans feel pretty confident that this running back will actually stay in the class? <laughs> I would think so. It Look, I'm not picking on the Bulldogs, but Mississippi State's not exactly running back to you. That's, you know, that's the in-state program. I haven't heard of Ole Miss with him. If Ole Miss gets involved, that's different. Maybe he doesn't like Ole Miss. I don't know. But that's the school that has the bigger pull inside that state. So unless that happens or maybe Alabama calls, I, you know, I would think he, he ends up at Florida. Thank you so much, Brian. This was Brian Smith, Locked On Recruiting Insider. Catch him all throughout the Locked On College channel, Locked On Podcast Network, and Locked On Gators. For now, at least twice a week, we're rolling with it. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with Graham Hall joining for a bonus Saturday episode. So looking forward to that for Locked On Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.